Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us for this uh, celebration of, of our Lord's Day and particularly the Resurrection Sunday. And I want to give you a couple of ways to reach us before we get into this message. One, you can write us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Or you can email us at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. That's PastorEric523 at gmail.com. Again, uh, just wanted to speak in brief today. Uh, we'll see how brief it is, but uh, just a special day for every believer. For all of us, we know the, uh, we all celebrate, and many celebrate, um, Christmas, whether they are believers or not. Knowing this is a special day, a day of love that uh, symbolizing we uh, have recorded, or it's been recorded and been uh, recognized that the 25th of December is that day. And whether it is exact day or not, uh, this up to for debate, but I will say that it is for us to celebrate his birth. But more importantly, praise God for the birth of Christ. Praise God for what Mary did. But his ultimate goal was before the foundation of the world. If you read in uh, the book of Revelations, Revelation 13, 8, it says, All those that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life. It says, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Before Jesus came, before uh, Adam sinned, before Eve was deceived, they were, the, the, this, the debt was paid. Jesus paid our debt when he agreed to come and be the sacrificial lamb. What a great day. And again, just, just talking about what our Savior has done for us, what great love, as, as the book of John says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe on him should not perish, would not perish, if we would only believe in his son. So I believe that God has, has so blessed us with, uh, he's blessed it with people and with men and women who have given their lives to, that this word would go out. But none of it would be beneficial, none of it. The Bible would not be beneficial to any of us if the resur resurrection did not happen for all of us. Why? Because it was prophesied. So if the Bible fails in one thing, then it crumbles in them all. Because Jesus said, my, I, I and my father are one. But it also goes on to say in, in the book of John, it says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So what I'm saying is, if the word is, is faulty, if his, and because it's the foundation of everything. God is his word. We quoted that scripture in the book of Psalms 89, 34, where he says, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the things that have gone out of my lips. Meaning that God's word is God. The word, I'm, what I'm saying is, the Bible is God's word. And the scripture records again in the New Testament that holy men wrote and they were inspired by and unctioned by the Holy Spirit. So God gave us his word and, he's, and his word is spoke about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And about this day, that this day would come, that the day of his resurrection would come. Because as Paul said, if in this life, if all of my confidence, if all of my, uh, uh, all of my efforts is for this life, then we are, I am, men most miserable. If this is all we have to look for is what we see now, 
And if, and in our day, if we look around and, you know, we see the issues in the economy, we see issues in race, the issues that many are having with their sexuality, many are ha- having issues with their, uh, their finances and issues in marriage and just relationships in general. And if this is all, then wh- what do we have to look for? But thanks be to God that he gave us a, a, a savior. He gave us his son that we can look beyond As the scripture says, he suffered for us. He died for us, for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame because he saw us. He saw us on the other side. Jesus saw the finish line. So let's go now, before I get too far ahead of myself, let's go to the book of Hebrews. And we're going to start out in uh, Hebrews 10. This will be the, uh, the main foundation of what we're talking about today. And we're going to talk about, again uh, about which about why the resurrection, because without the resurrection, because we're all going to die, we're all going to leave this world. There's a uh, uh, there's a there's a uh, uh, end date for everybody under the sound of my voice, and all of us, including myself, we have an end date, unless the Lord comes back prior to our uh, decease. If he doesn't, if, if Jesus doesn't come back within the next hundred years. Basically, just about everybody that can hear me today and understand what I'm talking about, you're going to be gone again. You, are, you, will, you will have moved on into eternity. And many are deceived into thinking that when this life is over, okay, that's it. You know, I'm done. We'll see what uh, uh, my, my existence is gone. But this body is just a suit. Just like you slip on your, your uh, jacket or you slip on a pair of shoes. That's what this flesh is. It's just a suit. It's an earth suit. And one day we're all going to step out of our earth suit and we're going to have our eternal existence either with God and, and, and the love that he has for us in, in heaven or in eternal damnation because we rejected love. And as I've said, often said, and will continue to say, many say, well, how can a loving God send man to hell? God doesn't send us to hell as I said before. Good people don't go to heaven, nor do evil people go to hell. The people that go to heaven are forgiven people. The people that go to hell are unforgiven people. And the only difference between the two is faith. Do you have faith in the blood and in the life of Jesus Christ? Do you receive what he's done for you? So let's go. Let's get into the scripture today. This is in the book of Hebrews. We're going to start reading in Hebrews 10. And basically, the first few verses are going to give a synopsis or a survey or a summary, I would say, of how the Old Testament gave us. It was a foreshadowing or it was a foretelling of what Jesus was going to do in the New Testament. And as it was held and was hidden in the Old Testament, what was hidden in the Old Testament was revealed in the New Testament. Because in the Old Testament sacrifice, in the sacrificing of the lamb and the sacrificing and of the taking the blood from that lamb and offering it to God for the sins of man, for the sins of the people for that year. And when the high priest did this and when the, when all of the offerings were done and when the, when, when the high priest submitted, offered it unto God in the Holy of Holies in the temple or the tabernacle, when that was done and it being accepted, the people know they were good for another year. But, and yet, for as they left that ceremony, as they left that day of atonement, and they went back to their homes, 
and maybe they uh, they on the Sabbath day they went to the uh, uh, went to the uh, uh, went, went to the services on on the Sabbath day. They would go again, and they would there would be sacrifices given for their sins, for their uh, the things that they had done, because they had to offer them sacrifices were offered daily, and and of course that day of atonement was offered for the entire Jewish nation. But it was done because it was a shadow or it wasn't it was done as a shadow of for what Jesus did for us on his day of resurrection. Hebrews 10 verse 1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, not for the very image of the thing, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereof perfect. And again, just talking about how that when the people came before God, they offered their sacrifice on the day of atonement and with God receiving it, they still had to come back the next year. And then the year after that and the year after that, because it was not complete. And what I mean by that, it because their sins were not forgiven forever. That's why they came back again for the sins that were done for that coming year. They brought the uh their atonement to the father, if the father received it, they could be good for that year, for that time. So as we read on in the second verse, it says, for then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscious of sin. So in other words, they didn't receive a good conscience as we do by grace, because once your sins are forgiven for in grace, if you read, we read on in, um, same book of Hebrews, the eighth chapter, and also in the 10th chapter, where the Lord says, in grace, their sins and their iniquities, I will remember no more. That's a New Testament uh, uh, reality, but it was prophesied in the Old Testament that there was coming a day. David even said, blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Blessed is the man whose iniquities are forgiven. Meaning that, that that man is blessed when God has wiped the slate clean. And this is what we get in grace. Grace has brought to us that we don't have to have our Savior sacrifice year after year after year. The scripture says, Christ died once and died no more. So as we go on, it says, but in those sacrifices, third verse, there are remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. So in other words, again, that it only covered what the blood of Jesus does is takes away. To where God will take those sins, those sins rather, and throw them and or deposit them into the sin, into the sea of iniquity. Again, in the book of Hebrews 8th chapter, in the book of Hebrews 10th chapter, he said, Your sin, their sins and their iniquities, I will remember no more. God is saying, I won't, I don't remember because what my son did was forever. When you come before him, he doesn't remember, oh, here come that adultery again. No, if he forgave you, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. Did you hear me? You are forgiven. And it never can, it, it will never be brought up to God, brought up again by God. You may remember what you've done, but even then, we have to be willing and, 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 ask and get ourselves involved in grace so that when our past does come up, we must remember what Hebrews says. My sins and my iniquities, God doesn't remember. So if he doesn't remember, 
Why should I remember? But what the Lord is asking us to do is to move forward. Don't continue in sin, as Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans. Says, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Some have that thought that, you know, once I get into grace, you know, you do what you do. You know, God's going to forgive me. No. Paul said, shall we, once we get this great grace, this grace, this great gift, the ultimate gift of God is life and eternal life. Why will we continue in the foolishness of sin? Why will we continue being blind and, and go back in the darkness, go back in the heartache, go back into all of that, all of the things that would, that made us feel bad, that hurt others. Why would we would in good conscience say, you know what? I think I'll just go back and do what I, what I used to do and then come back to God again. I say to you, my brother, my sister, if you are in that lifestyle, come out. Loose that lifestyle and come under the loving grace of God where Jesus will empower you not only to receive because as Galatians 3.20 says, we live by the faith of the son of God. The faith of Jesus never fails. He's going to finish this work that he began in us. Yes, it's the everyday walk. Yes, we missed the mark. But going back into sin, going back into uh, uh, being unsaved, you have the option of walking in God forever. As John says, as he is, so am I in this life. Jesus is not ready. Jesus is not covered in, in, in uh, uh, unforgiveness, in, 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 in all the guilt and the shame. Because at one time, he took all of it. He took all of it and he took it down the hill where it belonged and deposited right back with Satan. And the Bible says he came out triumphantly. In other words, what I'm saying is he went down the hill when they, after, they had, uh, after they had crucified him. And then he gave up the ghost and voluntarily went to hell for us. And when he went. He went down into the portals of hell, preached the gospel to the patriarchs so they too could enjoy this grace as we. And then I believe he walked into the courthouse of Satan and say, I've come. I'm paying. I paid the bill. I'm going to take my blood back to the father. This is paid in full. And I believe he snatched the very teeth from Satan. He is a the Bible said he is as a roaring lion. He is not a lion. He is as one, all of his power, all of his authority. He took, Jesus took the keys from death and hell and said, no more power for you. No more authority. I'm taking your authority. I'm taking it back. And he snatched the keys from death, snatched the keys from hell, snatched the authority from Satan. And then he went back, took the uh, patriarchs and took them back to heaven. And the Bible says they came back up out of the grave. And when he came, when they came back, they testified to those who were in Jerusalem and said, look, the, 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 the Messiah. And I believe they came back to believers and said the Messiah has come. We going back to heaven and we coming back one day. We are coming back. They didn't, they don't know when the, the apostles didn't know when we don't know when, but Jesus is going to come back and we and those that died before us, we are going back to heaven with him. Let's read a little bit more before we close this morning. It goes on to say in the fifth verse, it says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared for me. When God took 
that seed and to deposit it into Mary. He gave Jesus a body because that made Jesus legal to come into the earth and walk around as a man and fulfill all of the prophecies that had been spoken over him. Walk this earth and deposited the future of mankind. As far as us getting, having a relationship with God, he put it in the hands of 12 unlearned men. Men who did not have the, uh, uh, the, 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 the knowledge of the law. I'm talking about hadn't been taught in the depth and the length and the height of the law. But what they did have was relationship with God. And then it goes on to say in the sixth verse, and burnt offerings again, and of sacrifices for sin thou hast no pleasure. Then he says, said, he said, then said I low. He said, look, I am come, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. He's, he was testifying. And this is what the, uh, the apostle here is writing. The writer is saying in, in Hebrews. Many believe that Paul also wrote uh, Hebrews, but he didn't give account of it as the author, as he'd done in many of his books. But many, this sounds like Paul. But I won't give him credit for it because he didn't take credit. In the eighth verse says, above when he says, sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin thou would not, neither has pleasure, pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then he said again in the ninth verse, I come to do thy will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. What did Jesus establish? He established that he fulfilled all of the law. He lived it perfectly. He fulfilled all of the prophecies that were spoken of him for his time and that time. There are other things that have been prophesied that he's going to come again. It's prophesied. Not only did Jesus prophesy he's coming back for his church, but then his apostles did the same and said he's coming back. In the last day, the trump will sound. And we who, we who remain, the dead in Christ going to rise. And we who remain, we're going to be caught up in the air to meet him. The book of John talks about a time when there, after God, after Jesus takes back the church, there will be a time of tribulation. There will be a time when there will be great woes come upon the earth. But what we believe as believers, that we will be in the bosom, in the love of God, but we too will come back. But the reason why the resurrection came forth is because he said it would. Because he said, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Why the resurrection? Because it is the promise for every believer. As Jesus said over in John 14, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He says, for I am going away to prepare a place for you. He's going to prepare a place for all of us. You will have a, we, we all will have a place in heaven that God has prepared for us. And if God created you and gave you your DNA, he gave you everything that makes, what makes you up. I believe it's going to be the greatest place in the universe. This place that Christ has prepared for each one of us. He's got 2,000 years to work on it. My, what a place the heaven's going to be. But I believe for now, that's why we got to work while it's day. For night is soon approaching. When, I cannot tell you. But this one thing I do know, 
because he got up out of the grave. Either I am going to be caught up out of the grave when I, when I, after I leave this earth, or I'll be caught up when he comes to the earth again. That's why he arose out of the grave, because he said he would, and that he's going to prepare a place for us. Because he arose, I'll arose, I'll arise. Because he lives, I live, and I await for that abundant day of his coming again. I pray this resurrection day finds you well. I pray if you don't know him, that you will receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I pray if you do know him, I pray that your heart will be comforted with these few words I spoke today. The reason why we have a resurrection is because Jesus had to live, live a perfect life. He had to be punished and brutalized. The Bible says he was broken for us. For our healing, his blood was shed for us, for our remission of sin. And he died for us and rose again, letting us know that as he died and went to heaven, so will we. But we, as we live today, let us take every moment, every second of every moment, every moment of every hour, to give glory to him that men might see our good works and glorify God in heaven. Father, we thank you for this day and this hour. We thank you for this resurrection day, the most important day for all of us as we wait the coming of our Lord. But more importantly, when he arose, he left us gifts. He left us the power and the authority to live on this earth. And I pray, thank you for anointing your people. Thank you for empowering us all. And I pray, Lord, we find our place and we walk therein in the power of God. I pray you be with us again as we minister and speak on Journeys in Grace. Amen.